0: And... Welcome to Triple Zero's. I'm your host, Josh Buck. i follow me on Twitter at Joshie Hit with the Facebook page, Clocker Sports, and the website is clockersports.com. The email address is clockersports at gmail.com. Well, they are who we thought they were. I know you all remember that 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 famous line from Dennis Green uh, following a Monday night, or was it Monday night? It was a primetime game. I want to say Monday night football game against the Chicago Bears, in which uh, the Bears came back from by a, a, a massive amount of defensive touchdowns and uh, really took the game back from the Cardinals and won it. And at the end of it all, Dennis Green is famously quoted as saying, they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. If you want to crown them, crown them, blah, blah, blah. That was the Bears Super Bowl season. Anyway, long story short, um, the Bears are who we thought they were, but the Rams did not let them off the hook. And it's quite simple, really. There's not too much to, to dissect. Really, we, we, you know, as, as much people want to get into who's to fo- who's at fault, who's to blame for this, that, and the third, the fact of the matter is um, the Bears got beat in the trenches first and foremost. The offensive line of the Rams did enough to keep Jared Goff clean uh, for long enough to push the run game enough to basically keep the Bears at bay and allow the Rams to get end up with a 24-10 victory. And, and really – Chicago's offensive line is just bad. It's 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 awful. They were already not good, right? They were already not good. I, w- I wouldn't call them bad before. They were workable. You could you could see some things that were coming together. Some things still need to be fixed. But then they lost Charles Daniels, and am sorry, James Daniels, and it's just gone. I did both guards now. Jermaine Fetty. Ifedi. Jermaine Fetty still not bad. He had a, a, a penalty uh, Monday night, but. He's, he hasn't been bad, but on the other side, you know, you got Rashad Coward in there. You had, um... Oh, it's, it's been bad. It's been it's been just rough to see them get pushed around. Aaron Donald's a beast. But the most disappointing part about this entire night wasn't necessarily the Bears' offense only scoring three points because that ten, that seven of that ten came from the defense. Uh, Eddie Jackson finally got his touchdown. Props to Eddie. The saddest part about the night was that Leonard Floyd got two sacks. And for... Whatever game plan you want to put out there, for whatever you tell your defense, right? whatever your offensive goals are for the night, there is no way in hell you can let Leonard Floyd get two sacks on you. I I know it's a moral victory, nothing else, especially with the way the rest of the night went. But there's no way in hell you're letting Leonard seven sacks in a season, Floyd, get two sacks on you in one game. This was a a very disturbing display of what's to come. This is the second time that the Bears, I said it early on, this game had the feel of the indie game where they were close for much of it, but you just never felt like they could – they just couldn't put it all together. There was just something missing. And it brought up another trend that I've noticed, and this is Matt Nagy's play calling. And it gets very suspect a lot, but even more so when he goes up against any coach – that's worth his his salt in calling plays, and in offensive court, and, and you know, being a schemer. And he goes into this kind of a shell where he seems almost afraid to call his good plays. He seems hesitant to go up tempo to let the, the quarterback control the, the quarterback that he wanted. This is his quarterback, and Nick Foles. I, I this is, I would say it's head scratching if I hadn't been talking about this for quite some time now and didn't see it coming. Um, this is kind of the M.O. of the franchise. I talked about it, like I said, a few weeks ago where they're just never on the same page. And I was talking to my brother earlier, and he said I actually i have been saying this for about 17 years now. But they never put everything together at the same time. You always have uh, GM come in. He's here for a minute. Then he comes in, and then he gets to bring in his coach. And then maybe they'll bring in the quarterback. Or in this situation, you have the GM come in. Brought in a coach, didn't want the coach, brought him in anyway, then picked a quarterback, knowing he wasn't going to keep the coach, fired the coach, brought in another quarterback, uh, another coach, excuse me, who is on record as saying he didn't really like the quarterback that he now has prior to the draft, prior to coming here, and then they had to bench that. Dude, it's all bad. It's all bad. You look at the Rams, a team that, first of all, Sean McVay and that offensive system, they are running. A basic amount of sets. They're not. They're not over complicating the situation with sets. Matt Nagy personnel swapper. Mister, let me kill the momentum with timeouts. Called. Called a timeout. Got an eighteen play. A uh, eighteen uh, uh, yard play. Called another timeout. Got set. Why are you calling back to back timeouts, man? And then refused to call a timeout at the end of the half. Oh, this was a coaching clinic again. Back to McVay. They're running a lot of their offense out of very few sets. And it's a simplified thing that they, it's, it's to confuse you. They imagine that simplifying to confuse the defense because they're looking at the same thing over and over, but it's different stuff coming out of it. Like imagine, isn't that crazy? It's crazy. It's almost like, you know, an offensive genius has figured something out here as opposed to a guy who's trying to fit square pegs into round holes. A guy who went to the press conference and said that rookie Cole Komet, who had a beautiful 38 yard catch needs to play more and that that's something that needs to happen. He needs to earn he's earned it. Dude, you you control these things. And I hear people calling for him to, to give up play calling, but look, if he's giving up play calling, he needs to be fired. And I'm not saying he needs to be fired, what I'm saying is if that's where we're at, then he needs to be fired. I, I, I kind of feel like somebody needs to like Foles needs to like give him a good old Christian it's not a cussing out, but like a you know, like a hey pal really, really nicely, but firmly let him know, like, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop. The bubble screen, a man called the tight end screen, and what, uh, it was all bad. Now, Foles didn't help his case. Uh, he started doing this thing, you saw Russell Wilson doing it on uh, Sunday Night Football, where he's kind of, i will talk about that game later, oh my goodness. He started, like, throwing off of his back foot and just throwing up these, these high-arcing rainbows, and a couple of them came close to hitting. A couple of them fell innocently off by the wayside. And then he got picked. He got picked a couple of times. And what you really see now is, if nothing else, the threat of Mitchell Trubisky's legs was a big benefit to the Bears' offense and their offensive line. Um, the defense wasn't able to just sit there and come right after him, knowing where he was going to be. They are, te- they are teeing off on Nick Foles right now. And not every team is going to be the, the – Los Angeles Rams, or, yeah, Los Angeles Rams, almost called them Los, never mind. All these teams, Vegas, Los Angeles, the Chargers, whatever. The Rams, uh, the, all these teams don't, don't have lines like the Rams. They don't have Aaron Donald everywhere, right? But it wasn't Aaron Donald in this game that was really the record. Like, he was, he was controlling things, I'm sure. It wasn't like he was, I'm just saying, he wasn't stuffing the statue. It was other guys who were doing that. And so... You just don't – They play, the Bears play the Saints next, the Bears play the Titans, and then they got to play Minnesota, and then they go on bye. Then they come out of the bye, and they still have to play the Packers twice. They're going to need that five and – and now five and two. Those five wins, that cushion, they're going to need that because it's not looking good. I don't see any quick fixes and the, the lack of answers and and how ineffective the offense has been. You know, I thought about it earlier. They said that they got Nick Foles over a guy, say, like Teddy Bridgewater because he understood the offense and the playbook and what they were trying to get accomplished. And in the COVID offseason with no offseason, that would be a big bonus to them with no preseason and all that kind of stuff. Except for Teddy Bridgewater, for his part, has been doing fairly well in a brand-new system, not only to him, but a new system to the NFL because Matt Rule's a rookie head coach in the college ranks. Like, what's really good? What's, what's really happening? What's really going on? This is It's not good. And these answers of it's got to start now. we got to get better. It's going to take time. Nah, man. You don't know now? Like, why is it that the dudes who have been here longer, who have been here the shortest amount of time, seem to know the offense better or seem to execute better than anybody who's been in the system? This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And you could say it's overreaction from one game, or you could say it's something that's kind of been um, on the on the back burner and on the way for a while now because I definitely feel like this has been what we've expected to happen. But now it's happening. We've got confirmation after the um, Colts game, and now this one, when there are good offensive and now defensive lines, when you see those two lines, Bears cannot contend with the top ranks of those. They could be, still be a pretty good one, I'm sure. But, like, I expect them to beat Minnesota, but I don't know about the next two against New Orleans and then, uh, New Orleans at home and then on the road to Tennessee. I don't know about those. I don't, I don't know about that. New Orleans and Tennessee, that might not be a good uh, back-to-back there. Yeah, so moving on, rest of the week was uh, was pretty wild. Video game numbers getting put up by a lot of players this week. Starting off, Devontae Adams, Green Bay Packers, man, they kept on rolling. You know, they took care of business, 35-20 to over the Houston Texans. Devontae Adams put up 13-196-2 because the Texans decided they were going to single cover him the entire game for some stupid reason. I don't understand what made them think they were going to be able to do that, but they did it. And uh, he made them pay almost 200 yards uh, and 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 two scores as Aaron Rodgers threw 283 yards, four touchdowns. This just went off. Just went off on him. And then they had Jamal Woods because uh, Aaron Jones was out, and the Texans can't stop anybody on the ground either, so he had 77 yards and a touchdown. Not a big day for him. No video game numbers there, but still very productive in the wake. Uh, or I'm sorry, in the stead of – one aaron jones who's a beast in his own right but damn devontae 13 from 196 oh we anyway that's what office looks like huh anyway uh on the other side deshaun watson 309 yards two touchdowns and randall kyle former packer eight for 95 so that was cool he got a little not revenge because they got they got blown they got their doors blown off too it was bad for the Texans the entire rip they can't stop a soul. At least, the, despite the final score, the Bears' defense held on. And I'm, I'm, I usually don't go back like this, but I am. Um, Houston's defense is terrible. They're bad. That's a bad situation. Feel bad for Deshaun Watson. Um, they're going to blame him for taking the big money in the contract. But they that's what you do, and they got to figure it out. That's how that works. Um, and it was room before this, so don't blame him. Antonio Brown is joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as if they need it. They just blew the doors off the Las Vegas Raiders. See, that's where that Los Angeles, Las Vegas thing came from. They're really close in my notes. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, Bucks blew out the Raiders, 45 to 20. And honestly, at this point, if somebody said it was too many weapons for Tom Brady. I, clearly, he needs them, right? Because there's no reason to have Mike Evans, who only caught like two passes for 30 some odd yards in this game. Uh, Chris Godwin, who had damn near a buck. Scott Miller, who had over 100 yards. You still got Rob Gronkowski, who is seems to be coming back into form, seems to be getting it right back in, in, in line right on time, too, because they are just uh, dominating, especially after the Bears got that victory over them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they have spanked the Packers and now the Raiders, who had a couple of key victories in their belt uh, with the the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead and the New Orleans Saints earlier this year. But the Bucks did beat the Raiders, covered actually as part of our betting uh, primetime moneymakers piece from last week, so that was cool to see, because it didn't end up that way, (laughs) but at this point, we were feeling good, that's a Thursday game, and now this one, we were feeling pretty good, the uh, overhead on this one, though, so that kind of hurts, Odell Beckham Jr. will be out for the season towards ACL, hurt himself making a tackle on Baker Mayfield's first pass, because that pass turned into an interception, Beckham Jr. Would now suffer his, uh, I think it's his second ACL, and he'll be with the Browns again next year. That's not a good look. I, it's interesting that he ended up there, and I know New York was trading him somewhere. They felt like he'd be harmless, but damn. That's like Siberia of the NFL. Not only are they not relevant right now, and I mean, they, I say that as they're 5-2, and two, uh, but they don't throw a lot, and when they do, it's considered a, a major occurrence. So I say that to say this. They ended up winning the game against the Cincinnati Bengals, 37-34. Baker Mayfield, after that first pass interception, went on to throw five touchdowns, including the game winner. In Beckham's stead, Rashard Higgins came in and had six catches, 110 yards. He made the waiver wire article this week. Just came out for Clocker Sports today, so go ahead and check that out. But yeah, listen, there's a lot of people who are talking about how their team got better when Beckham went down. and. You know Mayfield spreads the ball around. There's no way in hell you're going to convince me that the team got better. Um, it's Cincinnati. Like, this is what was going to happen regardless. He just effed up in the beginning. Like, I, this, is, this is what I expected to happen the entire time. So, right, save it. Save it for a better defense. This is, he, like, he just got beat up on. We just saw it happen. You can't have this short of a memory. It's not possible. It's not possible. So, just keep that in mind. Cincinnati as Joe Burrow struggles to try to find another win in this league. Sucks for him. That dude, 400 yards for him. And he had all three of his receivers cooking. Um, I believe it was at least four catches and 70 yards for each one of those guys. And A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and uh, I always forget his name, T. Higgins. I was See, Rashard Higgins, T. Higgins. Both the Higgins boys, I don't think they're related though, were playing in that game. OBJ hopefully comes back full strength next season. But, yeah, unfortunately, he will be returning to the Browns when he does. So that's going to be unfortunate. I, I, maybe they'll, by then they'll feel more comfortable letting Baker open it up more often. But right now it looks like a low-volume offense at best. The New Orleans Saints, speaking of losing receivers, got out a win against the Carolina Panthers 27-24 without Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Thomas has an ankle, tweaks his hammy, and – Side note, are we are we approaching the point where we're seriously considering that the, the Saints are gonna move Michael Thomas? Like, whoa, how did that devolve? So he just got paid. That cat hit's gonna be huge. I don't say it's happening just because of that, but that's that's we're close. I'm seeing scenarios drawn up, but I know I talked about it last episode, but like I was just bullsh. You know, <laughs> we were just talking stuff around. This sounds like it might be there. There might be something to it. Now, I doubt it. Sean Payton was quick to come to Twitter and say the outsiders are just where they belong on the outside. and Yeah, that's cool. That's what you expect them to say, but that's always what you say until you're no longer talking like that and the guy's gone. Now, I don't expect them to get fleeced a la uh, Bill O'Brien in Houston, but if the right offer comes along from the right team, I could see it happening. And I told you about one that I, I wanted to see what the. Uh, Raiders going to get Julio, maybe the Raiders going to get Michael Thomas. I, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Emmanuel Sanders on the COVID list. I just look. I I, I want to count out the Saints. Uh, I want to give the Panthers more credit. Teddy Bridgewater still played a good game, but that defense is their defense is bad this year. It's far far cry from the, the days of old where um, they carried quote unquote Cam Newton to the uh, playoffs and I bring that up because Cam got benched this weekend in a 33-6 to, thir- to six loss excuse me to the San Francisco 49ers Cam 9-15 98 yards 3 INTs um, to his credit he says he deserved it and that he can t- expects it basically to be permanent if he continues to be trash I specifically added that last part kind of paraphrase everything but that last part completely was uh, ad-libbed listen completion on the season, 900-plus yards, but just two touchdowns to seven picks, and five of those picks have come in the last two weeks. It's not been good, and he missed the game also. Um, It's not been good. The Patriots are out here struggling, but the defense was what was the worst. Now, granted, his three picks definitely contributed to the defense being probably gassed and on the field the entire time, but you still goddamn. And this is what's surprising to me is San Fran, is all of a sudden 4-3. and three. They were just decimated with injuries and struggling to cling uh, to life, and now they're part of an NFC West that looks like the best division in football right now. Jared Siddham, who replaced Cam Newton, also threw a pick just for good measure, because why not? Um, that's what they needed. Jimmy Garoppolo actually threw two picks on his own, so there were no touchdown passes in this game. Hey! But Brandon Ayuk is another player that made the waiver wire article for Clock Sports this week, so again, be sure to check that out. Atlanta Falcons um, scoring late touchdown actually cost them the game. Now, this is a little tongue-in-cheek because, let's be honest here, the defense needs to step up and make a damn stop at the end of the game. But they lost 23-22 to the Lions. Uh, Todd Gurley, 10-yard run, took one too many steps, couldn't stop his momentum, and stumbled his way into the end zone. of Scoring, bringing the score to 22-16, well... That allowed the Matthew Stafford-led Ram uh, Rams Wow Lions to march 75 yards in five plays, five actual plays. So they had a couple spikes in there too, but 75 yards in five plays and score a touchdown. Now, granted, Gurley wants to stop wants to stop there at that one-yard line, let him bleed the clock and kick the field goal. First of all, you don't know if you're gonna make the field goal anyway. I'm just gonna, I'm just saying that as it is. Uh, but what's even worse than that? Is the how like that? That's what really came out of this. Is the headline is that Gurley needs to go down and oh my gosh, how, how did he stop them? Seventy five yards in five? Not even that. Not even seventy five yards. Five plays. Come on, man. You can't. You, there's no way you can. That, that's not. That's not good. You gotta. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't have that. And then you can't let that. You can't let Gurley then end up being the story when you end up letting them march down in five plays, seventy five yards. That's BS. Not good enough. Falcons, man, I, they already fired the coach. I don't know what they're going to do. Matt Patricia hangs on for another week, and I almost wonder, are Lions fans happy or upset about that? Do they like Matt Patricia? Because I know a lot of people don't. So, like, and I don't mean this personal, I mean like professionally. Like, just like his personality and professional room. I don't know him personally. I can't speak on that. But do fans like him? Do do, 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 do Lions fans like Matt Patricia? You can't, right? Every Is every win torturous? I don't know. These are the questions that I have as a fan who is teetering on the brink of that uh, that kind of feeling. Different circumstance completely, but that kind of feeling. The Cowboys got abused uh, by the Washington football team 25-3 to as they lost another quarterback. This time it was Andy Dalton getting concussed by John Bostic on a really, really bad, bad targeting uh, hit here. I mean, bad on Bostic's part. He clearly, Dalton sliding in mid-slide. And Bostic flies in with the forearm right to the dome, blasts him. His head hits the the uh, turf there, and yeah, it wasn't good. Apparently, Bostic will not be suspended, but he has been fined. I'm sure that Vontae's perfect is somewhere like wow, because but, but perfect clearly was a repeat offender. Bostic though, this one was egregious. Like it wasn't good. It was not a good look at all. Ben DeNucci came in and expectedly struggled. Uh, that's just the way, what you expect to see when the third string. Quarterback comes in, and, and, you know, maybe he gets better. Maybe he ends up Tony Romoing this entire situation here, allowing Dak Prescott to find his way to Chicago. Another story altogether. Uh, but not that game. 25-3. to We mm, 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 hate to see it. Hey, that, that division's bad. I didn't think the Cowboys would be this bad. And I know they got a lot of injuries and things of that nature. But, um, wow, still, just a surprise how, how – Different the year goes from what you expect it to be. Antonio Gibson did get 128 yards on the ground for the football team. So, you know, there's that. Again, it's an ugly division. This was an ugly game uh, just because it was so uncompetitive. Not competitive? Wasn't competitive, period. There is one unbeaten team left in the NFL. The Steelers beat the Tennessee Titans 27-24. to Pittsburgh led 24-7 to at halftime. 24-7 to lead at halftime. They blew that as um, Ryan Tannehill looks legit, dare I say it. Derrick Henry didn't have a great game, but A.J. Brown decided to go ahead and hang six for 153 and a touchdown on the Steelers' vaunted defense. and they were missing a couple pieces. Mike Hilton and uh, Devin Bush were not in the lineup. But still, since the 153, he put up a nice stat line, and he did it extremely efficiently. That's impressive, sir. That's the video game numbers we were talking about. Um been in this one. Two touchdowns, three picks as the Steelers, again, were trying their damnedest to give this one away, but they ended up winning the game. And it wasn't because of them. It's because the Titans must have wanted it less. At least one player did. Steven Goskowski missed the game-tying field goal um, at the end of the game there to let the Steelers live on as the lone remaining unbeaten team. Now, you're noticing what I'm saying here. We'll talk about that in a minute. Just hang one to that one in your you Lone unbeaten team in the NFL, not just the AFC. Anyway, Justin Herbert finally does it. He finally got a win. The Jags were one and four coming into this one, but Herbert did not get that win. That was a Tyrod Taylor game. Herbert finally gets the win, going 39 to 29 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He threw 27, 43, 347 yards, three touchdowns, no picks for the young rookie. Um, Keenan Allen, 10 catches, 125. More video game numbers coming out of these players this weekend, man. It was pretty impressive. Um, you just like to see it. It's a kid that's been, again, I told you, really close the past few weeks, but keeps having this run of bad luck picked by him, fumbled by another player, penalties, missed kicks, um, that sent the game to overtime that they should have won. All types of stuff like that have been happening, so good to see him finally be able to put it all together and get that victory, that elusive, elusive victory. Enjoy it, because it's fleeting, just ask Joe Burrow, but Um, Good to see you. Dude's been pretty good, too. I'm surprised. I I was wrong about him. I did not think he would be um, as solid as he's been, and he has been. So, um, kudos to him. Hats off to that organization and the situation that they have going there. And it's funny because people are dogging Anthony Lynn because he was going to put Tyrod Taylor on him. I don't know if it necessarily was that he was letting Tyrod Taylor go out there. I think it was more wanting the rookie to be ready and protecting the investment. I I don't necessarily think that's wrong. Granted, it wasn't right <laughs> because he got to see these two in practice, and I can't imagine he wasn't seeing from Justin Herbert what we we're seeing in every game. But I don't think it's necessarily appropriate to blame, especially when they're not doing things that they're doing, and you're seeing how it's starting to pay off. And again, they weren't winning, so it ain't like Herbert was doing all this and they were getting Ws. And it's like, oh my gosh, how did you how did you keep your team from winning? They were still losing. He was just looking nice while doing it. Now they got to win, so. Um and also Jacksonville. Ugh. That's another situation. Marone has got to go, right? Doug Marone has got to go. The Jets in the game the Buffalo Bills and they he, you know, he struggled. Like that that team struggled. Him and Adam Gaze, Doug Marone and Adam Gates have to be the next ones to go, right? <laughs> have to be the next ones to go. I don't know how Gates made it to the plane. I know they played Buffalo tough, and we'll talk about, you know, Buffalo struggling, no touchdowns in that game. Maybe it cracked the door to an MVP. But anyway, um, I don't know how they make it, Marone and and Gase. And I know Gase is just bad. Marone, they kind of piece this out by themselves, like I talked about. Maybe that's why he's still around, but jeez, man. And then lastly, Sunday Night Football, the – it was like a – honestly, the the present and the future – playing each other with Russell Wilson and uh, Kyler Murray going at it head-to-head in this one. And uh, this game, I have to ask, I have to ask if Kyler Murray potentially has reinserted himself in the MVP conversation. I, if you recall, I was the conductor of said train for quite some time, and then it derailed itself because it had a couple of bumpy games. Meanwhile, Josh Allen and Russell Wilson were continuing their uh, very efficient, dominant ways. Well... Um, Wilson had the first stumble, just a little stumble. Josh Allen then stumbled along Wilson to catch back up, but now Wilson had this game where he threw um, 388 yards with three touchdowns and three really, really bad picks. Like I, I don't think any of the two for sure were bad. I'm, I think the third was bad as well. Uh, just awful for us. It was not a good game for him at all, especially because he got the ball back in overtime and continued to throw picks and threw the game away. Um. So, did Murray, who threw three touchdowns of his own but only one interception, find his way back in? I think so. It's probably going to end up being Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, we'll talk about that another day, because, I mean, they just stomped on the uh, Buffalo Bills, or, I'm sorry, on the uh, Denver Broncos, but what do you expect? Two for the touchdowns. Anyway, as, as the Broncos just look lost. That sucks, because I feel, I like Vic Fangio, but it doesn't look good for them right now. Um... So, I think we're, gonna have to, we're back at it. Three-headed monster between Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and uh, Josh Allen. Especially because now uh, Murray's Cardinals are just a game behind Wilson Seahawks. And, like I said, Allen's been kind of struggling. There was no touchdowns against the Jets. Like, you're supposed to blow the Jets out, and you struggle. So, we'll have to keep an eye on that and see if Murray can keep his name in contention. Because, again, like I said, I was uh, at the forefront of, of that hype train, and I am... I reserve the right to start it back up at any time. That's just what happens when you're the one who starts it. I was, I was, this is preseason we're talking. I got, I got articles behind this calling for him to be the MVP. If he could find a way to will it out, man, that'd be great. Love to see it. Love to see it. The story of this one as I bury the lead is Tyler Lockett. I'm talking about video game numbers. Tyler Lockett goes out here and puts up 15 catches, 200 yards, and all three of those Wilson touchdowns. 15, 200 and three all three of y'all. Tyler Lockett was a man possessed. Um, Seattle's passing game has never looked as disjointed with Wilson throwing the picks and beautiful with Lockett out there abusing the Carl abusing Patrick Peterson no less. Uh, Cardinal secondary though. It just was it was it was an ugly game for them and he was just feasting and you wonder could this be a, a, a point that like clicks I know they won't play a defense like that every week, but again Peterson's not bad. He was playing well and Lockett just tore him off one. And it wasn't pretty. Um the Cardinals miss Chandler Jones. Seahawks miss anybody that could get to the quarterback. Ultimately though it wasn't the defense, it was Russ throwing the ball away. And again, that last one wasn't good. It wasn't good. So that's rough, man. That, but again, this this is now the doors to uh, a three headed monster here at the MVP race. Four headed because Patrick Mahomes has to be in the race. I can't I can't not consider the MVP uh from two years ago as a viable contender for the award this year that just wouldn't be right Lamar won't be getting it this year but those those four guys can still certainly secure it switching gets over to the NBA some quick wrap-up news because it's off season, not a lot going on but we are maybe getting some dates finally locked in um if the end if the December 22nd start date is approved remember they had talked about Christmas as a start date then they had tried to push it back to MLK Day to give guys some time to rest, and now they're trying to get it back before Christmas even, uh, December 22nd. If that date is approved, camp will likely start December 1st, per Mark Stein. The Athletics champ, Sharania, is reporting that, and the stadium, is reporting that the league is considering a 72-game season that would allow close before the Tokyo Olympics, which are scheduled for July 23rd and August 8th. It would also put them on track to start a 82-game season the following season. So, they try to get things back to normal as soon as possible. Um, Michelle Roberts, the executive, director, the executive director of the National Basketball Players Association, thinks that there might be a need for a second bubble for the 2021 season. So um, if they're getting, especially if they're getting that December 22nd start date, I could see it, At least to start of the year, um, I could definitely see them starting back off doing the exact same thing that they ended up with because um, why risk it? why risk continuing something that you were trying to get rid of at that point. And you did such a good job with it throughout the entire playoffs and, um, the seeding games, there's really no need to to not do it. Especially, like I said, if you're going to move this date up to now, as opposed to, uh, King day. So, um, keep, keep fingers crossed, but we could be getting right back into it. Um, in less than two months here. So we'll see how that all goes. Now, that being said, Danny Green says of LeBron James, and I can see this being uh, true for a lot of the, of the big name guys who didn't play or who played late into the season. Even guys like the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George who maximize their, their resting time and will have some new teammates around who probably won't say as much about that uh, come next season. Because see them missing the start of the season. Danny Green says LeBron may miss the first month. So seriously, you have to wonder how many stars feel this way and how many are going to go through with that kind of, I don't want to call it a threat, but definitely will proceed just like that, as though they're not going to uh, to arrive prior to a certain date. They just got done playing. You can't make them turn around and come right back and play again because if you do that, then you're going to have injuries galore. Look, the NFL tried to jump into something, and I know it's different because the NFL is trying to start without a preseason, and they ended up with a lot of injuries because guys weren't stretched out. They weren't ready. They weren't prepared. They didn't have those, uh, those moments of getting hit. And so now you look at it, and the NBA is going to try to go after having guys playing for so long, starting it right back up. That's just as bad, if not worse, because these guys are already tired. At least in the NFL's case, you could say that the guys were fresh, and they don't necessarily—they're uh, not going to necessarily um, be out of shape per se. But these guys are gas. Fatigue is when injury sets in. The body needs to recover and recuperate. That's not happening right now if you come right back into the season. So I don't want to see them necessarily come back too soon. At the same time, damn it, I'm missing sports. Like like the, the, that run, like I told you, that run of uh, a few games where they were playing every day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, okay, it's been less than a month. It's been less than a month, and they want to return um, for the playoffs. So by the time it comes back, it'll be a little bit over two months, when it comes back, if it's September 22nd, so that's where that goes, okay. So I had a little confusion, had to get that broken down, that's, that's, that's really quick, really quick, I don't blame those guys for taking a month off to just recuperate. And other dudes around the league, Cleveland Cavaliers working out, Obi Toppin, listen, to me all that is probably nothing, but it does suggest that they think he'll be available, which means that they think that the Bulls will pass on him, which hopefully means that the Bulls can end up getting James Wiseman. I also would like Manolo Ball. People don't want to see me hear that. I would also accept Tyler Halliburton. That's my top choice out of those top two, Mel uh, the ball and Wiseman. And then beyond that, Danny F. Beebe. So that's my four guys that I'm looking at that uh, if I'm the Bulls, I'm hoping they look at unless they are trying to make a major move and go get some big piece uh, with that fourth overall pick. So we'll see what they end up doing with that. But, um, yeah, Cavs working out, will be topping. They got a lot of forwards, so I don't know. What the, who knows? Cavs got a weird roster right now, but Toppin, you get Toppin, Sexton, uh, Garland, uh, you got Chetty, and then what's going on with the bigs there? You got a lot of guys. I'm not sure if you got anybody that you want to keep long-term, but you got a lot of guys. That's for damn sure. And then lastly, Pat Riley backtracks on his asterisk comments. We talked about this, uh, how he said that their finals will always have an asterisk by it, and that uh, that's just what it is. Now, Before explaining his backtracking, whenever there's a shortened or anything, any kind of different season, you're going to have the asterisk. However, this was clearly taken as a, oh, wow, Pat taking shots at LeBron and them for not winning or for winning in the COVID situation. Well, he cleared it up and said, listen, it was legit. They are the better team. Uh, They were the better team, rather. They won flat out. It's not going to keep talking about it, whatever. But he backtracked that thing faster than Michael Jackson breaking out the moonwalk. Pat don't want none of that smoke. Listen, he don't need it. It's off season. Jimmy on the boat. Pat about to go join him somewhere. They're about to just chill. But I, I I definitely think the initial response the initial comment was pointed. And this one was like, Okay, well I can easily spit that. But it definitely was like, Yeah, whatever. Little jab at LeBron. Little, little mind game at and LeBron. I, I, I don't put it past either one of them to be on that kind of a tit for tat type of level and it wouldn't surprise me, but uh yeah, he backtracked on that one, so that, I guess it is what it is. That's gonna do for this episode of Triple Zero. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh here with the Facebook page, Clocker Sports, the website clockersports.com, and the email address clockersports at gmail Make sure that you read the stuff. Last world pro football, pivoting easy uh, of course, talk you, like, how American Betting Experts. Look out for that as well. And be on the lookout for the Around the Clockers round. here. We've got to put the episode up. We just recorded it last Friday. I still haven't be slacking on it. But uh, that being said, tell the Brand next <laughs>